Chris, mate, you're right. You seem a bit down. Yeah, mate. Don't you hate it when small podcasts that you really enjoy sell out to corporate overlords? Hey, they're not corporate overlords, Chris. They're a small independent Cornish gin company. You can get 10% off and a free gift by using the promo code PODCRAWL. See what I mean? Yeah. Lovely. I'm having a course night. Look at that. Oh, exciting. Wow. Wow. It's like we're in a pub. <laughs> yeah, those famous pubs that dispense cans. <laughs> the pandemic that, of ours. <laughs> that, that is the future, man. That is the future. Gareth, are you drinking wine today? I am drinking wine, a very dry muscus. Musca- musca- oh, musca- no. This is going to go. Oh, God. The tangent. <laughs> The tangent now, is going to be ridiculous. I, to be honest, you guys, <laughs> you know, after the last show, you were all accusing me of being drunk and stuff. Just when I get funny, you think I'm drunk? It's like a bit. I'm not. I'm just being funny. It has nothing to do with alcohol. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. It's, it's just me being incredibly funny, and you guys go, oh, shit, he's stealing the show again. Do you like to blame a drug like a... Like I'm a footballer on some... I don't even know where I'm going with that. Anyway, carry like on. Like Maradona, Italian 90. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got some wonderful news. I've um, I've got a present from the neighbour, and he's a pilot, and he's been to Paris today, and he bought back Sky Pretzels. Sky Pretzels? Sky Pretzels. Are those pretzels so you pretzels? Been given to him while he was in the sky. Uh, have they been sat on his on the dashboard of the plane? No, that's the banana, so it defrosts. Oh, right. So are you sure banana, he's not trying I'm to you. kill you with COVID or something? You know, he's been flying around the world... We've got lockdown. You're not meant to be meeting anybody. He's there. Oh, yeah, Chris, let's meet up so I can give you some random little sweets. <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've had a short haul trip to Wuhan. Come over. Touch yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. It's just been nice. And all I'll say is Sky Pretzels and Sky Bananas taste so much better when they've been at 40,000 feet. Don't know why, but there we are. Isn't that like all imported food? No, they came, well, they came from France, the bananas. Put them on in Paris. So make of that what you will. You've got bananas. <laughs> Yeah, bananas. Yeah, bananas I've got and nothing to add to that. Bananas, bananas and pretzels is the only what the yellow thing that's bent. As in a bit. fucking ban- yeah, bananas. Yeah, bananas. Yeah, and they come frozen. He puts them on the on the dashboard. I don't know what the fuck you call it, but the dashboard of the plane. And then because it's up high near the sun, it, it warms it up, and then it's edible. And I was like, that's not a real thing. And he was like, I have something for you. Boom, sky banana. Are you sure he just didn't stop <laughs> at Sainsbury's on his way to your house? It's like well, that's not shit. Lives next door to me. He's not even a pilot, he's just there microwaving fruit, just giving it to Chris. Yeah. We're like, oh, it's bananas. Who's your neighbor with any old shit if I tell him it's been on a plane? Look at this. Yeah, there's I don't know. whole YouTube channel dedicated to your face going, oh, it's a fucking banana. I don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk yet because I haven't been introduced, but I cannot let this go. Yeah, you can say it. You can. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure whether you guys needed to, but I just, Sky Banana, are you out of your tree? <laughs> what he's done, what he's done is his missus has put a banana in his lunch and it's frozen. He didn't want it. And then he's like, oh, I'll know eat this, the guy next door. And then he just give it to you because he doesn't want to show his wife that he didn't yeah. eat banana. Because she's like, you need oh. to have potassium. So that's what he's done. He's right. <laughs> 
You were falling for the oldest imported food trick in the book. In 1701, the Spanish tried to import tomatoes. And they said, no, no, these are ship tomatoes. See tomatoes, senor. Until this moment, I did not agree with Brexit. But right now, see how thick you are. You've fallen for everything. Oh, my God. No, no, no. This is taxi heroin. Don't worry about it. It's perfectly fine. Right. I just try to see the best in people. Right? Dear that's right. God. That's, that's hilarious. Like, if, it's yeah. been, if the mode of transport has changed, all of a sudden the flavor changes. That's not how it works at all. Unless it's... Unless it's been through the pilot already, then that would change the yeah. flavor and consistency. <laughs> pilot banana. Pilot banana. <laughs> <laughs> like 70s porn music starts playing. Like, I like the idea that it's named Pilot Banana because the guys making porn at the time could not, didn't speak a word of English, and they're just like, put two words together, and then they don't watch it. Uh, take a place on a play, Pilot Banana. Let's make it. Can I? Can we reel back? Before, when you was going on about Chris, about the uh, plain banana or whatever it's called, did you use the phrase, are you out of your tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is solid marketing for plain banana. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is so good. That plain banana, perfect. are you out of your tree? You just see the celebrity to do it and then that's it. Just like yeah, a, plain a little animated banana, like yeah. checking in. Putting its long haul hot lift package on the conveyor belt. This <laughs> long haul package. Buy three plain bananas and get free sky pretzels. <laughs> like some sort of deal from Tesco. Yeah. Dear God. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I was listening no. to you rabbit talk about it. And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> There we are. So, I mean, it wasn't that impressive, it would appear. And, and uh, <laughs> those, those wonderful, those wonderful, wonderful um, words you're hearing is from the amazing, he's actually on our podcast. I can't quite believe it. It's all the way from Canada, all the way from Vancouver. It's Mr. Simon King. Hey, Simon. Here you are. Destroying my dreams, ruining my life. I feel like. What did you bring from nothing to do? I feel like, based on your system of judgment, because I've traveled a long way, even virtually, I am now worth more. Correct. (laughs) You transported across borders. Yeah. It's valuable. So yeah. from yeah. from eight hours in your past, here I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> time travel, time travel, banana. Ooh. Ooh, that <laughs> tastes good. Time traveling bananas. <laughs> no worst Doctor Who episode ever. Yeah, it's <laughs> just, just a banana that shows up and solves problems. Time traveling banana. Oh dear. Oh no, it's the evil Doctor Monkey. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Stay away from his feet. They are also dangerous. Um, <laughs> that's the I'm trying the to put a condom on me to educate children about safe sex. Force fields unite. That's you know what that's like. That's like you know in those mob movies where they put a plastic bag over the guy's head and tighten it up. It's like that, but for a banana. That's they don't know they're assassinating. No, no, bananas. the plastic bag is the is the TARDIS for the banana. Oh, <laughs> Just gets in it. It's like I don't think warping. anyone's ever said those words before. The plastic bag is the TARDIS for the banana. <laughs> Welcome to this week's Inside the BBC Writers Room. <laughs> the plastic bag is the banana of the TARDIS for the banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. 
and wait till the Fair Trade Federation gets involved. Oh, the season finale is going to be insane. Oh, my God. Cracking. Right. Well, here we go. Okay. Yeah, welcome. Here we go. So every week, um, our guest uh, puts their three favorite bars, pubs, clubs, random drinking establishments, areas on the street where they like to gather with reprobates, whatever you choose, into, into the podcast. So we'll do your best till last. So, Mr. King, your third favourite pub or club or bar in the whole world? Ooh. Uh, see, now I think about that. I'm still there. It's the classic get to the end of a recording to find out that a chunk of audio wasn't actually recorded. So Simon's going to fill in those chunks with a bit of context. Oh, juicy. And after that, business as usual. Hey guys, so uh, because I screwed up and the phone wasn't recording, I'm going to do it again before you hear just tell the story. My favorite bars and stuff. So yeah, I, I think my um one of my favorite bars. It's uh it's not there anymore. Um, but it's um the old now the 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 venue's still there. Um, the Improv uh, Comedy Club in in Hollywood is still there. As far as I know, I haven't played there in a while. But the the old bar, the bar that used to be there in the mid two thousands, so two thousand five, four, five, six, seven, eight, that sort of time. And the reason that that holds kind of a place for me is because of it, it kind of represents a time in my career that was really kind of significant for me. And and also a connection to a community like the comedy scene is somewhat transient. People come and go um, and it's very much, you know, it's kind of a accelerated version of the real world in that, you know, you know, other groups of people, other people relatively intensely because you see them all the time you know, for short periods of time, and then you kind of all go your separate way. And that bar just, you know, you wouldn't know really any of the comics I spent time with, because most comics, you don't know who they actually are. Um, you know, the famous ones, but you know, and they, sure, some of them showed up here and there, but that's not really what that was about. That just represented a time in my career and a time as a comic, because um, I was a young comedian, uh, when all that stuff started kicking off for me. So, you know, I was like, I've been a comedian for five or six years sort of thing. And that place was always very comfortable. I'd hang out at the bar because I didn't really, when I first started going there, I wasn't really comfortable. I was a bit shy and didn't know anybody. So I just kind of sit at the bar and stare at my beer. And then, um, and then I slowly but surely got used to being in the venue. And, and it was, you know, for a while, the improv was my home club in the city, as much as you can have a home club, particularly back then. Um, that one holds a real kind of uh, place in my heart just because of what it represented for my career. It showed me how far I had come and, yet how far I was to go. And it was just a very different, it, it made me feel like a real grown up comedian in a lot of ways for the first time. And the people that I met there, you know, these wonderful people that I would, that I would spend time with in this community I was connected to, um, which was, you know, sort of really what it's all about. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's all about the people and the connection. And I would say tied for this as well. There's also a bar in Vancouver that's no longer there either. Uh, the building is still there, but it's now something different. It used to be called the Urban Well. And what that was, was back in when I started comedy in, in the early 2000s, um, there wasn't, comedy wasn't very popular in Vancouver, uh, in North America. I mean, you know, 2000 was kind of like a dead zone for comedy. There was nobody really selling tickets. It was before YouTube and all that. And it was just kind of like, you know, it wasn't really a big time. The, the boom had long since gone away because, you know, the UK had its comedy boom not that long ago. Um, but in terms of the comedy boom that North America had, that was in the, the mid eighties to the late eighties. So this is, you know, 10, 15 years after the boom had ended. And so comedy was really at a low point, but which is a real bad time to start stand up in many ways. Some ways it wasn't, it taught me a lot, but I started out 
Um, and one of the rooms I would go to would be this place called the Urban Well. They had two shows on a Tuesday night. They had an early show and a late show. And the early show was much more of the young, newer comics. And the late show was much more of the a sort of seasoned veteran comedians. And what you would do is, um, you know, I kind of treated it like I would do a spot on the early show. And then I would get a drink ticket, which would allow me to have a beer, you know, and I was so broke at the time too. And I would just sit there and nurse the beer for two hours, but cause I got to stay and watch the late show. And then you get to sit at the feet of the masters and watch, um, watch them do their thing and learn everything about comedy. It was like, it was like this condensed university class on standup that I got to attend every Tuesday. And then I would, you know, tip what I had and then I would walk home. <laughs> That's so that one also holds a, a really warm place in my heart. It's very much, it's a very significant uh, part of my comedy history. And so the bars, you know, I can still feel the bar in my hand. I can still feel the room. So I'm very much connected to that particular place. But I think it like, well, once it all kicks back off again, I feel like, cause like for art, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, I feel like the, the people at comedy clubs in the UK once like have had a long night of like from 7, 7 PM to 11 PM of watching stand up. They just want to get home. But since it's been so yeah. long uh, since we've been to a gig, I feel like the energy might be I believe it to be the plague of the British comedy scene is that they go on too long and there's too many people. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, and that, I and do strongly believe that. That happens in, in the majority of places. And in the UK, the funny thing is, it's because of the way the shows are structured at clubs too. Um, with the intermissions and with the amount of comics and the way comics are doing it, it, it does make it, it's better and worse in some ways. The problem is, is people usually put down so much booze uh, by the time the last act is on. Because I would always end up being the last act at uh, mo- most of the time at the clubs because it just because of my energy. And oh, stuff. it's because you traveled a long way, so you're, you're, you're immediately <laughs> uh, valuable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. more valuable. Tim or the frozen more valuable. valuable. Comedy <laughs> banana. And, uh, <laughs> the comedy banana. And, and so I would see that they would just get so drunk and then they, yeah, they would just clear out and go home because they couldn't, it was just too much. And even the open mic nights, the amateur nights and stuff, you would, you know, because I would frequent those a lot, the nights would just be just too long. And it's because stand-up's one of those things where so many people want to do it. And even if they don't stick around, there's always a group of people who kind of want to get on and get on. And you kind of, by the time you filter through, and I would get so used to being up so late in shows. In Vancouver, when I first started out, your shows would be two and a half hours mm. before I get on stage. And so your friends just wouldn't come anymore because it's like a Wednesday night. People got to work, right? Like comedians, we don't work, but the other people work. So then they would be just like, I'd love to come see you, but I can't, you know, and then then promoters wonder why the room numbers wane. And I'm like, well, that's because, you know, you're just not, you're simply not giving people a chance to like, maybe give them wanting more, just a little bit. Totally. You know? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, they don't do that. So, sorry. I'm just gonna... There you go. They're just gonna make sure this thing works. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll turn to, I'm I recording. Don't, oh, yeah. don't, don't, don't want to lose all this gold, guys. So. This is gonna lead to a Netflix special comedy. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> this, is, this is how you get Netflix specials now. All we gotta do is like uh, do, do some sort of weird online presence thing. Get a few million followers. Yeah, exactly. Netflix yeah, specials, yeah, right? yeah. I think that's how it works now. The joke, we'll write the joke later. Don't worry about that. So. <laughs> says, says the man without a Netflix special shaking his fist at the sky. I remember the good old days at the old bar and improv. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, what would be your drink of choice over at that, um, that old bar? 
Oh, what, what would you choose? Well, it's funny. Back in the old days, I was a beer guy and I just love, like, I love beer. But as I've got older and tried to not be as fat, uh, as fat, <laughs> not, <laughs> I mean, I'm still in the fat range. Thank you very much. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still one, one of the fat people. I'm just trying to be less fat to live slightly longer. As I said earlier, I'm surprised I lived this long. Mostly because I would just throw down all the beer. And so now, so uh, I drink, so what I've done is moved on to something healthier. I've moved on to bourbon and I drink bourbon. <laughs> I pretty much like rocket fuel. Um, so bourbon is, is, is my drink. Bourbon's been my drink of choice. I used to drink a lot of whiskey and scotch and then I moved to bourbon around uh, seven or eight years ago. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe not. And then that's been kind of my drink of choice. And so you will almost always find me with a glass of bourbon in my hand. Uh, except right now, I'm drying out right now for the first month of the year. Um, because then nice. I can drink twice as much for the rest of the year, right? That's how that works. Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, yeah. That's the deal we yeah. signed. Yeah, yeah I'm, a ma- I'm a math guy. So, yeah. <laughs> um, science, bitch. Wild Turkey, Jack Daniels, Southern Comfort. What one? Uh, okay, well, so everyday drinking bourbon. Um, so, my, my go to bourbon when I'm on the road, because a lot of people don't stock it. I, I developed a taste for Jim Beam bourbon, just the plain Jim Beam. And the funny thing is, so, in the UK, it's hard to get bourbon in the UK as as common as it is to get scotch. And so when I would play gigs in the UK, mostly the bourbon they would have would be Jim yeah. Beam. And I got quite fond of it. Um, but in terms of like what I have in the cabinet at home, a lot of overproof stuff, a lot of bonded stuff. So Wild Turkey 101, really great. Uh, Granddad bonded. Um, my favorite bourbon of the moment and probably for the last few is a thing called Jefferson's ocean. And what it is, is it's bourbon by the Jefferson's distillery and it's a uh, Jefferson distillery and it's aged at sea in barrels. So you know how they turn the barrels to age the bourbon? Well, it's yeah. thrown out into the middle of the ocean and the brine gets into the barrels and then it gets into the bourbon and it rolls. And then it has this very slight, almost like sea air taste to it. It's absolutely amazing bourbon. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, wow. That, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty fantastic again? stuff. And Jefferson Ocean. Jefferson Ocean. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that sounds like the end goal of a quest. Yeah. Well, I was so I was in a bar. I was in a bar with a friend of mine a couple of years ago down in LA at a place called uh, the Snake Pit, which is garbage. It's a garbage bar. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dive bar. But we were we were out Thursday. It was West Hollywood, and we were looking for a place to hang out that wasn't full of people taking selfies. And and it, you know, it's hard at that. It was like a Thursday night. And so we went down to this um, place um, on Melrose called the Snake Pit. It's just like this kind of garbage dive bar. We went in and there was like, you know, two drunks at one end and a security guard doing nothing. And then one guy at the other end and then a line of taps. But behind the bar, and I'd been there before and I didn't remember this, behind the bar was probably seven or eight foot of bourbon just above it. Like just in terms of shelves of bourbon. It was like... Apparently, <clears throat> yeah, so my buddy that I was with is a, is a wealthy fellow and also a big bourbon connoisseur. And we've been chasing this thing called Pappy Van Winkle. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Um, it's like a very rare Kentucky bourbon. It's really good. But in Canada, the way it works with our import laws, we can't get a lot of the bourbons that they get in the States. So whenever I want something really special, I go there. And we have to be there and we saw it on the menu. And so, you know, it's quite, quite pricey. I think it was $150 an ounce or something. So we asked the guy, uh, we asked the lady who said, you know, can we have, you know, a couple ounces of this? And she goes, no. <laughs> she goes, what you're drinking already is better than that. And she's like, if you're interested, I can give you a crash course. And we'd be like, fuck yeah. So this lady who was probably about 70 years old and I think probably was born in that bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, she looked like she had... And she she's uh, she said that the owner of the bar was like a bourbon connoisseur. 
and lets her buy whatever she wants. And she set us up. And that's where I first tried Jefferson Ocean. That's where I first tried uh, a thing called Garrison Brothers and E.H. Taylor, which is amazing. And she set us up. She took the glasses out, different glass for each one, distilled water, King Rocks, like the whole deal. She set wow. it all up and gave us like a two hour crash course Ooh. in bourbon. It cost a fucking lot of money, but it was really good. <laughs> I didn't care. I wasn't paying. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, it was, so that's one of those things that like the, the American dive bar is something that I, I think is very, it's, I mean, there are some dive bars in Canada that are great. And I'll get to that. That's actually my favorite bar is a dive bar here. Actually, stones are over my house. But the dive bar, the American dive bar feel, there's something about it. It always feels vaguely like, how is this place open? Like, it's just no way it should be open. And it's just something about that kind of like gritty. And I'm not talking about the country Western Texas dive bars or the bars you'll find in like middle America. I'm talking about those weird city dive bars where like no one's cleaned the place in 20 years. And it just somehow, but they always have the best people and the best mm -hmm. Booze. It's just, yeah, I, I am I am a connoisseur of dive bars. I will go to if, if there's a bar after a show and I say, hey, where's the where's the roughest bar in town? They go, oh, you don't want to go there. That's immediately. Right. That's immediately right. We are going there. And, and nice. I have yet to be stabbed. So, you know, it's yeah. a bonus. Uh -huh. Yeah. Instincts are paying off. <laughs> Say so, cool. Well, that that one's in the old old bar at the old at the Improv at Hollywood is your third favorite. So, what would be your second favorite pub? Uh, there's a bar in Calgary, Alberta, which is uh you know about ten hour drive from here, an hour and a bit flight, uh, and it's called the Ship, and it's a, a punk rock former pirate bar. It used <laughs> to be a pirate bar, and then it became a punk rock bingo bar, and now it's this weird punk rock. <laughs> And Again, I'm not letting I'm not letting that slide. I'm not allowing punk rock bingo to just fall yeah. in there. Oh, I'm imagining punk rock bingo. Yeah, it's like it's like bingo. It's like bingo, but it's all punk related, and there's uh, quite a lot of nudity and violence. It's pretty cool. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> imagine bingo with just like screaming and occasionally someone urinating in a pint. How glass. the hell do they, they like choose the numbers? I imagine like a bunch of punk rockers wearing numbers on a t shirt, then start in a circle pit, and whichever one gets booted out is the fucking <laughs> yeah. number. Yeah, you say first one to fall in the mosh pit, number 63. <laughs> you have to throw you have to throw safety pits in the guy's face and he's got numbers. <laughs> So, so they shut their face into a patch uh, on their jacket. <laughs> they just, yeah, they just cut numbers shaved into the side of their mohawks. Like, <laughs> oh, let me guess, six, six, six. What are the odds? Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that one before, guys. <laughs> um, that bar is one of those bars we used to go to after, because um, one of the places I did a lot of road work back in the day, and I still do, but is uh, Calgary because it's like a hub for. BC is a great place, but it's kind of separated. Like Vancouver is very far from the next major city. So if you look at where like the best place to do a lot of the road work is you start in Alberta and Calgary and Edmonton are sort of the, the biggest cities and Calgary is where I would usually start. And so that was the hub where I would go. So I would spend, you know, a, a very good friend of mine that I would stay with when I was there named Chris Gordon. And we would, I would hang out at his place and I'd basically live at his house for like a week. I was, so I would do my shows on the weekend, 
stay for a couple nights, do some shows, and then go back home. And so after those shows, we would just go, when I got back from the road, because we were all staying at the same place and everything, it was just kind of like we would go to this bar and close it down all the time. And it was just the best, cheap as hell. Kitchen was open till the place was closed. And the people were just the coolest. And it was on, the best thing about it was it, it's on the main drag where it's all the posers people. It's all the the people, yeah, it's all the, it's all the pseudo Instagram, I want to be a TikTok star type people. And then there's this yeah. hive of just fucking yabos, and that's <laughs> us. <laughs> just, and so we would just... Punks be yeah. posers. Yeah, so right? we would just get out of a taxi or whatever next to this group of like women in sparkly dresses and dudes with too tight t-shirts and everything. And there'd just be this group of like just reprobate losers, just like in, just <laughs> just coming from a show. So we're already half booze, just boom, right by into the bar and then just go in and sing sea shanties and get just ridiculously drunk <laughs> and try to find our way home. So that, that's, that holds a place in my heart. And, and whenever I get a chance to go there, I do. It's still there. So. Do you ever hope that when you open up a bottle of Jefferson Ocean, it will sing sea shanties at you? And that would be next level. Like if they could figure out a way <laughs> to get like, or even if it would just say, or something like that, just yeah. like just a little, just a little, just like I would just pop the and go, oh. Well, some, some say if you hold an empty bottle to your ear, you'll be able to hear Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, a pirate song for me. <laughs> They have a true. failed marketing campaign where they like r- like roll up recipes and stick it in the bottle, but it destroys the taste of the bourbon. <laughs> what the hell is this? Soaked recipes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good one. Cracking. I have um so so in, in the UK, like if if a bar or a pub's called the ship, it is most likely a like a metalhead kind of alternative music yeah. place. Does does your ship does does it play live music as oh, well? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They did. Uh, they never uh, tried comedy, which is one of the reasons I like it. Uh, because because <laughs> they, you know, the thing is with comedians is you can't help going into a place and go, well, they should have a show here. But we never did that there because it was always like, oh, there's nowhere to do it. Everyone's a maniac. It's the best. But yeah, they do music there, and and so and often they wouldn't tell you when the music was happening, so you would just kind of be in the back of one of the other rooms. And then just all hell would break loose. You'd be like, well, now we can't talk. So it's like, well, it's fine. Cause now you, <laughs> now it's a show, you know, but it was, it was great. Yeah. It was, it, it's, it's, that's one of those bars that I haven't been in a, in a, in a couple of years now, but I, I hope it really hasn't been taken over by, you know, sort of 20 year olds drinking for the actual first time. Pirates. Yeah. Well, actual pirates would be great. <laughs> look at, I should know that'd be look cool, at yeah. me. Look at me. I am the bartender now. And, uh, <laughs> 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 that would be amazing. You just come in and that guy's just making, <laughs> making booze for you. Like, this is the fucking best. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. That would be so they don't mention it at all he just shows up when he feels like it. he works works when he works he shows yeah. up he shows up he takes her shift that's the way it works Pi- pirate employees that's the new economy yeah. it's just people who just show up instead of live mu- instead of live music it's just cannon fire so yep still can't talk to yeah. guys just people swapping the deck that's your, that's how you work off your booze you swap the deck which is also, uh, that's, that's uh, my DJ name, Swab the Deck. And, uh, Swab the Deck. <laughs> DJ Swab the Deck. <laughs> like, like Davy Jones, like those pirates in the Davy Jones ship on the Flying Dutchman, that woman from earlier from the Bourbon Bar just pulls herself out of the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want, do you want a bourbon tasting session, boys? It's one of those pubs, too, where, like, you could you could have, like, the Davy Jones guy from the movie and no one would really care. They'd be like, oh, cool, he's got 
Technical <laughs> place, wicked. Can you just serve more booze that way, or like? <laughs> And the floor, the floor was always weirdly kind of sticky or slippy, depending on what day it was. So that was always fun, too. And it's all old wood and, like, shitty books that were up way too high. But you could, if you wanted to, read a book there. You could actually go up there. I never did that. I never actually climbed up, grabbed one of the ridiculous books, all pirate-themed books, and just sat there reading a book. But you were welcome to if you wanted to. Or play a board game with no pieces in it. So there was that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. So there's a lot of cribbage boards nobody needed because who's playing cribbage at a bar? So anyway, yeah, good joint, good joint. Lovely. It's time for it's time for the big one. Numaho Uno, um, your favorite place in the whole world to grab a drink. So. <laughs> mm. All right, so this one, this one has has the benefit of geography, which really puts it high up on my list because it is stumbling distance from my house. Um, and uh, it's it's a place similar. It's a place called the Two Parrots here in Vancouver, and the Two Parrots Bar and Cantina, I think, or nobody really knows what it is. Um, it's been around for a very long time. The history of the Two Parrots is I don't know exactly how long it's been there, but I know that the building is owned. Like real estate in Vancouver is beyond expensive, as everyone knows. So having a bar that doesn't charge exorbitant money, like you're gonna pay, uh, well, with tip. And tax, you're going to pay $9, $10 for a beer in Vancouver most of the time. That's rare. 9 to $10. I mean, depending on depending on where you are, that's like your 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 higher end places. You can usually get away with a beer for maybe $7.50. At the ship, or at the, at the Two Parrots, you can get a, 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 a bottle of beer, garbage beer, called Lucky Lager, which is garbage beer. But the reason it's great is because it's garbage beer served with a shot of um, Jim Beam for $7.50. That's your that's your drink right there out the door. It's called Ooh. the redneck combo. I mean, okay, that's very and when, <laughs> the redneck when combo. Are, when you are a young <laughs> comic seeking booze, at, you know, and it's open. It was open late, and I also got to know the staff. The comics got to know the staff so well that closing time didn't really apply, which also had its benefit. And so we would go there and have redneck combos, and then on uh, Thursdays they would do chicken wing night, and they were so ridiculously cheap. And the great thing about chicken wing night is some weeks best chicken wings you've ever had some weeks absolute <laughs> garbage and you <laughs> never know <clears throat> you never know what you're getting and that's the best part about it. the staff were always people on their way somewhere else somewhere better almost all of them were on their way somewhere better which was the best thing about it so you would go in and there would always be a little overlap of staff and on the monday nights we used to do a gig right around the corner and all the comics in the city would basically do this gig it was a hangout for comics and then those of us who were afraid to sleep would go to the bar afterwards and we would stay at the two parrots until, oh God knows, like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. I mean, this would be like a weekly routine for us, just drinking combos. And, and at one point they had karaoke, which they weren't allowed to do anymore because Vancouver is a very strange place. And all of a sudden, I guess their insurance didn't apply or something. So, they, so we had karaoke there for a while and it just got insane. But here's the great thing about the two parrots that makes it really interesting. <clears throat> one, there's no discernible management of any kind. So you have no clue. No one knows who's in charge. <laughs> It, it kind of just happens as it happens. Sometimes there's someone at the door. Sometimes there isn't. Sometimes things are cleaned. Sometimes they're not. It has the worst bathroom in the whole city that I've ever been to. It's absolutely horrendous in there. Um, it's like the bathroom from Train Spotting if it was worse. And it's like that. <laughs> so it has that. Um, and it has, it has this weird thing of uh, it will periodically go through shifts where the clientele will completely change. It's almost like groups of people will discover it and then the, the dynamic of the whole place will change. So 
for a while, it was like kind of the after work, kind of getting a beer, real quick going home crowd, a little bit like that. Then it turned into the I'm an old drunk and I got no reason to go home crowd, which is what I related to. Uh, <laughs> that's what I found. Then it turned into because <laughs> there's a faction. bunch of um, English language learning schools nearby, and a lot of them, I think. They're Central American or Mexican. So they, that huge groups of students came over. So all the music immediately changed to like this really cool Spanish. And they changed the menu accordingly. They started putting Spanish stuff on the menu. It was amazing. They were just like, okay, fuck, this is what we do now. They just don't give a shit. They're just like literally like, who's coming in? Okay, well, we'll just put that in the jukebox. Like it literally went from when you would first go there, it would be like the jukebox would all be like this terrible 80s metal like, you know, rat and like, you know, just like garbage bands and just like every so often you get like a tune by like Europe or something. And then it just turned into this really cool like ranchero music and you're just like, what the fuck is with this place? And they would just change all the and there's always TVs on showing things nobody watches. Like just sports that nobody gives a shit. Like like competitive horseshoes or just like nobody fucking cares. <laughs> And the world's biggest, oldest, most garbage TV right next to the bathroom. So when you're walking towards the bathroom, you are constantly illuminated, especially if you're drunk, by this horrendous TV right in your eyes. And you can see when you walk to the bathrooms, you can see right into the kitchen, which you don't want to do. If you ever want to eat there, you don't look into the kitchen, but you always do. And then you're like, oh, shit, that guy's homeless. Like, he's just in there cooking. <laughs> like, they literally... It is the most amazing bar. It is, it is the most amazing, crazy. It is the only true dive bar in this city that I've ever found because it's not trying to be a dive bar. It's tr that's the best thing about it. It is trying, but it's just failing so epically. But because the place has been there so long and their rent is controlled and so incredibly low, I don't think they need money. Like they don't seem to need yeah. money. And for some reason, it'll go through periods of time where it's empty. You go in and be like, oh, this is great. There's nobody in here. And then like a week later, it'll be, you can't get in. You're like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It just, <laughs> there's nothing about it that makes sense. It, 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 it is, it is MC Escher's bar. Everything is strange. It doesn't fit together. It's all weird. And it's always a good time. And that might be because of the people that were there. And it's always the people, but, but it just has that place in my heart. And I still... To this day, the other comics make fun of me. Like, why do you want to go to the parrots? I'm like, because you don't understand. Like, this can't exist for much longer. It's like, it's like a soap <laughs> bubble. You know it's going to pop, but it's just there. And I'm like, you have to be, even now, even in the days of COVID, you go by. Every other bar in the city is like half empty or they're like not to. You go by and, you know, most bars, they put up like dividers between the tables. Fucking parrots has just gone and bought some shower curtains and just hung them up. <laughs> they don't give a shit oh they don't care it's amazing and, and nobody shuts them down I think because they know COVID can't survive in there because nothing can fucking survive in there so just, yeah. I've never once in the entire time I've gone to that bar I've never once seen anyone use any cleaner of any kind I've seen them wipe tables but I've never seen them use a cleaner of any kind so I don't know when the last time they bought Lysol was or whatever the fuck it was, but it's a long time ago. And I think there that might be a no man's land for germs. I think it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns has everything so he can't get anything. I think, I think yeah. that's what that yeah, yeah, exactly. is. So that might be if, if the end comes, if COVID starts to really take mutates to something terribly dangerous and starts to say, that's where I'm going. That's that's the that's the Winchester from uh, what's it called? Yeah, that's where I'm going. You're just going to die of food poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just have the two parts, wait for it all to blow over. I'll just have the homeless guy cook me some wings and I'll just, 
I'll just, yeah, I'll just, I'll die from whatever this, whatever's in that oil. I don't know what's yeah. in it. Probably a, a yeah, these, these, these chicken wings. No, no, we run out of chicken. It's bat, mate. Oh, bat. and the chicken wings. And the best thing about the chicken wings too is, is um, they, there's no consistency across the board either. So you go for chicken wing night and it's so cheap that you just try everything. It doesn't fucking matter, right? And uh, and so they have like things like, they have the, the super hot spicy ones, which sometimes not that bad. So you'll just eat them and you'll be like, oh, it's not bad. And then sometimes you order them. And like, I have a friend, he eats like super spicy stuff. And we went one time and I was like, these yeah. aren't that bad. And he picked it up and he pretended to drop it. Oh, I can't eat that one anymore. Cause it was that hot. Cause the guy <laughs> making it obviously just didn't give a fuck. He's just like, I'll just triple this down. Just pour <laughs> butter on it. And then sometimes there'll be like, sometimes there'll just be like a bit of pineapple in there. Oh, what's the pineapple for? Who fucking knows? It's just there. Like, it's, like, it's like, they do, they do a it. taco. They do a taco night. It's like $1 tacos. But you can imagine what you're getting for a dollar. <laughs> it's not good. $2 for, $2 for fish tacos. But there's no way you can make a fish. Yeah, it's not. No, it's just yeah. weirdly chopped up bits of eraser just wrapped up. And then, but you're, you're drunk because they've plied you with seven fifty for a beer and a shot. And so you just do that. <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's, it's an epic, epic place. It, it sounds like fucking tortuga. It, it's, it, it, is, but, it is. It is. It's. It's. It is a mystical place. Like if you wrote this place in a movie, the the notes would be that's too much. No one's gonna buy that. You have to bring it down a bit. Like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those joints where like if I ever got very rich and famous, I would. I would buy it just to preserve it. Just like like a collection. I would just be like, hmm. this bar must be preserved as it is. I would not tell anyone yeah, I owned it. Totally. I would not do anything to it. I would not adjust the prices. Everything would stay exactly the same. So that in 30 years from now, I can take my son there and be like, let me show you what the past was like. Before <laughs> before, before space alcohol or whatever, I don't know what's going to happen in 30 years. Let me show you what I spent your college money yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. look, look at why you're not getting a degree. And then he'll be like... <laughs> Thank you. I didn't get one. He doesn't get one. Seems fair to me. I'm still yet to draw the fucking parrot yeah. connection, though. Oh, I know. I think it's because if they're copying the 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 new trends in this in the population, then they're they're parroting away. <laughs> it's called the parrot's chat. It's called the uh, what's it called? Bar and perch. The two parrots bar and perch makes no sense. There's two big parrots on the bar. I think. When this bar arrived there, there were already parrots on the wall and they were just like, we'll just call it that. Like, I think that's what it was. <laughs> I literally <laughs> right, okay, think cool, they cool. were just like, we just, the sign's already here. We'll just fucking call Because I think at one point it must have been some sort of restaurant. And I think maybe 35 years ago or 40 years ago, whenever it was, whenever this bar showed up, they were just like, well, there's fucking parrots here. So we'll just call it that. <laughs> like, <laughs> because I can't imagine, I can't picture a time when it was ever good. And that's what makes it great. I would hate. I like yeah, it. I'm so I would it. hate to go back in time and then find it like when it was brand new and be like, oh, they're trying. And there's all this weird, weird like late 80s turquoise in there or some shit. No, yeah. I feel like it's been like this the entire time. Since the day. Oh, dude. And they have a breakfast special. God, why? At like 8 a.m. Would you go to this bar? <laughs> I, I walk by it all the time. And I think I have to do this one day because why the fuck would you go into that bar when it's light out? There is no reason. <laughs> I can't. I can barely. I love it. And I can barely stand to be in it sometimes. And I'm like, I, I couldn't imagine seeing everything in it. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. 
that's like that's like, that's like catching that's like catching Santa Claus. You don't want to do that because it'll just take the let's <laughs> take it all away. You don't want to do that. You don't want to see him. Yeah, it's a good joint. There we go. Forget. Forget Gastown, we're not going there. We're off up the two parrots. <laughs> if you're ever in if you're ever in Vancouver, BC, go to the two parrots. It's a, it's a it's a and, and uh, tell them Simon sent you and they won't know who the fuck I am because it'll be a whole new staff. <laughs> they won't give a shit. They literally won't give a shit. So. <laughs> well there's our countdown. Uh, we got the old bar at the improv at Hollywood. We've got the ship in Calgary mm-hmm. uh, and then we've got the two parrots in good old BC. Um, so that leaves us with plenty of time for, for my favourite bit and I know this is gonna be good. Your maddest stories, encounters, things you've seen, things you've heard, anything at all. We had someone that won the lottery and bought drinks for the whole night. We had someone throw up on Jack Whitehall. So shoot away. Uh oh man. Um I like the I mean, yeah, there's like the famous people things and there's like stuff like that, but I like the weird shit that like wouldn't happen anywhere else. Like like yes. I like the <laughs> like okay, so a few years ago, uh so the last album I put out was like a concept album, it was just like a clean album, but the album before that was a, a thing called Furious and, and that special had a bit in it. It was very political and very social, and one of the bits was about um you know, comparing left-handed people to gay people and how the the prejudice, would, you know, how, how basically how ridiculous the argument is against gay people and all that. It was, it was this big, complicated bit. And uh, I encourage people to see it because I'm very proud of it. But one of the bits in it was, um, you know, making false equivalencies. And, and I had a bit where I said, you know, uh, all polar bears are left-handed. Osama bin Laden was left-handed. That means all polar bears are terrorists you know all left-handed people are polar bear terrorists that was the argument all <laughs> yeah. yeah all left-handed <laughs> yeah. people are polar bear terrorists so that was the basically the bit and then and then you know then there's a whole bunch of so we're in this place called williams lake which is terrible and it's 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 a town it is the it is the ultimate like it's an industry town that that the industry is kind of forgotten and it just is a lot of people who are kind of it is not a fun place to play uh, some people have been really great there, but by and large, it's a really rough place to play. It's it, it's almost always one of those gigs where you're just like, I just kind of want to make it to the next town. I want to get through this. And the way it was, too, was like <clears throat> the only bar in town was the bar. With the, the only bar that was open was the bar where the show was happening. This is a few years ago, too. And so you didn't have anywhere else to drink. But then it's one of those places where you don't want to hang out there because there's always going to be some guy that's going to come up and just say some racist shit to you or something. And you don't want to deal with it. So you're just like, I just want to get out of here. But after the show... I was just worn out from the drive. It's about a seven hour drive from here. And I'd driven up and I was just like done. I was done. So I was just after the show, I was sitting there drinking. And I'd done that bit and a guy comes over and I expect him to be all like, you know, homophobic or whatever. Instead, he comes over and he goes, hey, you know that bit about polar bears? I'm like, here we go. Yeah. And I look up and he goes, he goes, I'm left handed. I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, polar bear ripped off my right arm. I'm like, all right, hold on. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> polar bear ripped this guy's fucking right arm off in the 60s. Now I don't drink Coca Cola. So, so he said to me, he's like, no, it really hit home. And he was just laughing about it. The guy's missing his arm from the shoulder down. And apparently Gee. he's, yeah. And I thought some tough woodsman guy has been that. Because old guy, he goes, no, no. He goes, I was in the zoo, I was at the zoo in Montreal in the 60s. And I reached into the cage and the polar bear just ripped my fucking arm off. <laughs> and he's like, what do you got to say about that? I'm like, nothing. I have literally nothing to say about that. And he's like, well, cheers. See ya. <laughs> Walked away. <laughs> and then I didn't believe it. So I asked the guy that was booking me who's from there. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, that's true. I go, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 just, and he's on the top of a polar bear. He's been. 
been waiting his whole life to say this to somebody <laughs> that has had that perfect a moment, and yet he just walked away from it. I admire that. Where he's like, yeah. I've said my piece, I'm going over there. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so it made it singularly one of the most, because I expected it to be this terrible interaction with this dude, because he just looked like one of those dudes who's just going to like trump at you or whatever. No, no. Fucking polar bear story and a great one at that and then gone. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so that's up there because it's just one of those moments where you're just like, uh. And there was another one where I was doing this little town called Elkford, BC, and it's a little tiny bar town. And it was, the, this literally was, it's a mining town. It's a little tiny, the only bar in town. And um, the way the, the industry works is, uh, I guess, on like Friday nights is the end of the shift for, it's there on for like six days and off for however many. So this bar, they brought us in to do comedy. First time they'd ever had to stand up there. Actually a nice little bar. Um, but the guy running it had no clue how it works. So you get there and they've got the comedy channel, you know, playing in the background, which is like like our Comedy Central. The Comedy Network playing in the background on the TV. He doesn't get that that's not how it works. Didn't have the lights up. So we've, I think this was a nine hour drive. So like we're worn out. So my opener... Uh, he goes up, we start the show, we get everything. The place is empty. There's nobody there, right? Because it's, it's a fucking empty bar because nobody's off work yet. The show started at, I think about quarter to nine. I guess everyone gets off work at nine. So by 10 after nine, the place is fucking packed. Like just, it goes from nobody there, like literally two tables to probably 90 to 100 people just jammed in. And they are loud and not interested because they just got off work. And there's a comedy show happening. So then my opener brings me up. He does about half an hour. I'm supposed to do an hour. He brings me up. I'm on stage. And, um, and I'm kind of doing the first sort of like 15 minutes of my act. Because I get out about quarter after nine or whatever. And it's just brutal. And, and at one point around 9.30, the TV behind the bar is still on. I look over and my comedy special, one of my specials is playing on the TV. <laughs> like it's on, but it's like me from like eight years earlier. But it's on the TV or six years earlier. So I say to the, the bar to try and get their attention, you go, hey, hey, that's that's me. That's I'm here right now. That's me. And one of the guys, like, there's not really much of a pause. One of the guys looks at it and looks at me and goes, nah, and just goes back to what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> just like, com just completely shut me down. Just like, nah, no. Doesn't even care. Even if it is, doesn't give a shit. Like, he's not, I don't know what he thought. <laughs> he thought that I was either making it up or that he just wanted to express that he did not give a fuck at all. And that's, <laughs> and that's when the cops, one of the cops showed up, the cop in town showed up and, uh, and we were like, oh shit, something must be going on. And he just went to the bar and got a beer. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so I just literally just walked in and sat down and went drinking. I was like, we're good. Yeah, that was a good one. Love it. Yeah, that was a pretty, <laughs> cause then the opener, the, my opener just looked at me like, I was like, I don't, I don't know what we do here. Like I have to keep talking for another 45 minutes, but there's literally no way to come back from that. Cause it, 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 there's no, it doesn't sync up like that ever. Like that's an amazing, I was so mm. irritated the TV behind the, the bar was on because I was like, it's just more distraction. But then I was like, this is perfect. This will actually get him back because it's just this weird coincidence. <laughs> No. <laughs> Didn't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck you, city guy. Take your jokes. Go home. Not yeah. interested. I'm here. I'm here to do meth and find women. And that was it. <laughs> well, we got two more questions to ask you, Simon, and then you may go in peace. Um, we've got room in our imaginary bar um, for a snack item behind the bar mm. and your favorite ever drink. Uh, it could be draft, it could be bottle, it could be shot, it can be cocktail, mm. anything you want, sir. Um, so we'll start off with your food. Um, what is your favorite bar snack? Ooh, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, 
you know, because you kind of want bar snacks that'll sop up the booze so you can keep going. Like that's kind of your goal. So initially I would say I, I would go with something like a chicken wing or something. But now I'm thinking that I used to drink at an Irish pub, actually one of the few really good Irish pubs in the city years ago. And they used to do a basket of, of like homemade breads, like thick, heavy breads. I can't really eat it now because of the carbs. But back in the day, used to, they'd give you this butter and um, you know, like home-churned butter and homemade thick and a big basket of thick grain breads, all different types, rice and everything. And it would just on the table. And it's the best thing to sit there. I mean, we were drinking tons of Guinness at the time, too. So God <laughs> knows how we weren't like a thousand pounds because you're just so full yeah. all the time. Because <laughs> dr- drinking a Guinness is yeah. like eating a loaf of bread. Really. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. And I love... I love Guinness, but like they got a point where I was like, I can't add three or four of them. And I just like full. That's it. That's the end of the night. Like I just got to lie down in a ditch. But then they would have this big basket of bread in the middle of the table. And that to this day, a big basket of like warm bread with with that that homemade bread with that butter, the grill, oh, the best. Yeah. That's the best because it stops up the booze, too. So you can just keep fucking going. Like you can just keep going. It's not, some people will tell you nachos is the way to go, but I'm telling you, if you want if you're in it for the long haul, if you sit down at 7 p.m. and you want to drink until 4 a.m., you gotta pace yourself. It's a marathon, right? You gotta get yeah. in there, get your carbohydrates, you gotta load up, you know? <laughs> Take a break. Yeah. It's a good one. Like it is. Yeah. Cool bread breads on big, the menu, sir. Heavy um, bread. So your favorite drink, what what one we going for? <sighs> I mean, with me, it's going to have to be a bourbon, probably. Uh, uh, let's see. You know what? There's a drink that we, we do a show here in town. And uh, well, we used to. And uh, one of the things we do is we do a themed drink for every performer on the show. And then my friend and my, my friend, my co-host, Sam Tonning and, and myself, we have our fixed drinks that are our drinks that we serve. So I would probably go with the drink that I chose to be my drink, which is basically personification of me. It's a glass of bourbon, overproof bourbon. So it's a little bit much. And it's got bitters in it because it's a little bit bitter. And that's so it's a little bit much and a little bit bitter, which is basically me. And so that would be the drink. So it's a, it's just like a, it's just like a, a really good overproof bourbon, like a strong like 101 or a bonded or a Jim Beam bonded or something like that. And then a couple of shots of uh, Agostura in there and then a couple of bounces of Agostura and that'll be it. Mix it all up. Big King Rock. It's nice. It's nice flavor. It's good. Nice. Sorted. It's done. There you go. Well, there well, we are. Um, Thank you very much, Simon, for, for coming on. Oh, wait, Simon, yeah. does your drink have a name? Uh, you know, <laughs> what did we call it? We ca- I can't remember what we called it. Um, oh, the, the, the hindsight is 50-50. The parrot. Um, because <laughs> cause hind- oh, cause if you drink yeah. enough, hindsight is 50-50. You have no clue what happened. So that's, that's what it was. The 50-50 hindsight. So that, that was what we used to call it. 50-50 hindsight. The 50-50 hindsight. And then people just um, started calling it the old yeller because I scream in my act so much. And then as I got older, they started calling it that. So the old yeller or 50-50 hindsight. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like it. I go with old yellow. That's the old yellow. Yeah, it works. That name. Hold on. That name thing reminded me. In the last episode, didn't the, didn't um, Daryl have a drink that was a shot of whiskey with Guinness? Like mm, the boilermaker. Oh, is that what it's called? I knew yeah, you would well, know the name. Yeah, yeah boilermaker's done a couple ways. So, um, an Irish boilermaker is like so. A boilermaker traditionally is like a. It's like an American beer with a, a shot of whiskey on the side, so a, a Jack or something like that. But an Irish Boilermaker, we always used to do like, uh, like well, we do like, I don't know, like, what's a good Irish whiskey? It's the one that we used to do all the time. Well, Jamie, but oh, I can't remember the other one. But yeah, again, it's like that. And you could either pour it in, we do it side as well as the side, so you take it and then the shot. So when they would do, so technically, the redneck combo, the lucky and a, and a shot is a Boilermaker. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, that's what you made just, you think of it, A yeah. boiler maker is when you pour it in. Okay. And we just didn't pour it in. It's just separate. So it's like a sidecar, I guess. Like a, not a sidecar, but it's like a, what do they call it? I can't remember what they call it. But yeah, it is it's like a, it's a, quite an American thing, actually. Yeah, that's quite good. I'm glad you've got a name because we didn't know a name for it yesterday. We were like, yeah. uh, not yesterday, last episode. What's the yeah. one where you drop a whiskey in the pint glass called? That's a, that's a drop shot. So that, that would just be like any drop shot is when you drop the whiskey, the, 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 whole the shot glass, glass yeah. in the the beer yeah and i don't do that because i i know a lot of bartenders and they're like oh yeah you don't they're like think about where the bottom of that shot glass touches while i pour the whiskey and i was like oh yeah, oh, yeah, like, and, that, say, yeah. and that's pre-covid days <laughs> jesus yeah pre-COVID. oh yeah well <laughs> well like i said we we here in vancouver are a delicate bunch and we're very <laughs> that's, that's why that's why i think i like the two parrots so much because it scares off a lot of the yoga crowd they won't go there yeah they're like no, no, no. <laughs> They're like, the, sh- the chakras are all off or whatever the fuck they need to do to organize the place. No amount of kale is protecting them, man. They've got no immunity in there. Could you imagine? And, and I, it would be hilarious if all of a sudden, because the pirates, parents are so fluid, if one day it just became the after yoga place and then I go in there one day, it's all like kale and like smoothies. I'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> all the music is like Enya and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck up my bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cheers for coming on this has been man. lovely guys do you want to plug some shit simon um yeah i mean um i have i have a new special coming out or will have come out by now i don't know called uh simon king as good as or better than and um so i don't know we don't know exactly what streaming service that will be on yet but it will be around so look for it if you just google simon king as good as or better than it'll pop up and the album will be out by then too and I have my own podcast. It's a philosophy podcast. Not super funny, but it's just kind of like a, I do it once a week uh, or so when I feel like it because time is irrelevant. Um, <laughs> it's called what's it's called what's wrong with Simon King. And it's like a it's like a yeah, it's that's wherever you can find fine podcasts and everything else. Who knows? My Twitter's at unfamous. If you want to follow me there and then that's it. I kind of got rid of Facebook because I want to remain sane. So that's that. <laughs> I failed last time, Simon. This is why I want to do number two again. That's it. I, I like forgot to do the, what, what's it called? The handles. Was it called the handles? Yeah, yeah. The handles. yeah. See, this is how much of a boomer I am. I have no idea about these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slowly killing our Instagram. Um, okay. <laughs> slowly, slowly killing our Instagram. That sounds like that sounds like a girl with the dragon tattoo book, but just like way further down the line. <laughs> He's just sit, <laughs> sitting by a window. Killing the gram with my posts. Anyway, so. <laughs> But slowly. Yeah. See, Darwin keeps jumping in, going, oh, it's okay, I'll handle this week, Gareth. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do the strange emojis on the videos. Um, yeah. No, it's fine. Thank you for this week's guest, Mr. Simon King, reminding us that if you're in Montreal, don't put your hand in the polar bear enclosure. And if you've got any stories or want to come on, um, just give us an email at um, podcrawlpubcast at gmail.com and also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we're pod. Uh, our handle is podcall pod pod pod, pod crawl podcast. Yes. yes. Oh, there might there might be a time where Gareth gets this. There might be. Oh, join us next time to find out. Cheers. I'll do it again next week. Okay.
Right, that's it. That's it. Don't forget to head over to G&T for your 10% free gift. Use promo code PODCRAWL at the checkout. Check the link in the description. Thank you.